God. Let's give him a hand of praise. He deserves the glory and the honor. Thank you for his love. Thank you for his grace. Thank his holy name. And we praise his holy name. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this evening. Thank you, musicians, and all the singing. And Brother Dan, bless you richly. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. And uh, as Brother Ed said, I just also appreciate the Singing just goes in line with what uh, I had on my thought for a couple of weeks now, but uh, now I have to express it today, and Amen. God knows the planning. Amen? Amen? Amen. God bless you richly, and we enjoyed the service this morning. Amen? Yes. It was spoken from the heart, and believe that the Lord spoke to our heart as well. Amen? As the Lord speaks, we just say, Lord, we accept, we agree with the word. And continue to do the washing, continue to do the cleansing, continue to work on us and to make us better Christians until we reflect who you are. Amen. Praise be to God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Precious Almighty Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. As Brother Dan and the specials and the congregation, Father, we have all agreed together. That we, without your grace, we wouldn't be who we are today. Yeah. Father, we look at ourselves, realize we are nothing. Oh, Father, it's only you, God. And it goes in line with what I put on my heart for this evening. Father, I just feel that so unworthy, but it's only by your grace. Father, may you, Lord, speak to our heart. Let us realize what you have done for us. Lord, for those who are still doubting or hesitating about the measure of your love, Father, towards them, would you just this evening reveal that and make it more real? Even for believers who have been walking for a long time with you, but Father, Lord, just make it that again more real this evening, that we can realize how much you love us. And Father, in return, we'd like to express our love and appreciation to you by living, Father, according to your word. Father, we thank you with all our heart. Thank you, Father, for everything that was done, especially the atmosphere. May you take now, Father, remainder of the service. May you put the man aside, Father, put some notes, maybe more than what I should have put, and then become repetitive. Forgive me, Father, and just put the notes aside, and you speak to our heart. Father, we need you, Lord. No other man can help another. Only you can use a man and help the other through that man. We invite you, Father. Let the Holy Spirit, we welcome you this evening. Make full control. We love you and appreciate you. There are many needs among us, Father. You know each and every one. May you go in every pew, every bench, every house, every chair, those Father, Lord, who couldn't make it for this evening, Father, just visit. Let the angel walk in each place, Father, and just remind each person that I know what you are going through, and I'm here to provide your needs. Thank you, Father, for your grace, your mercy. In Jesus Christ, and we pray. Amen. Amen. I invite you to go to the Word of God this evening. 
sure the kids, my kids are probably complaining, Daddy is not doing anything, Daddy is not calling us. Shall I put it on another time? Let's calm down, I'll put it on another time. As a, um, go on, Second Samuel 9, 7. Familiar scriptures for the message believers and been spoken many times. Myself, I've spoken on it a couple of times. I just want to revisit again this evening. And David said unto him, he's talking to Mephibosheth, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan, thy father's sake. And will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and I shall eat bread at my table continually. Amen. Amen. I invite you again to go to the word of God in Ephesians. Sorry for keeping long. Ephesians. First chapter. Three to seven. This is the book of adoption. Look for a time. It says, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Not only some spiritual blessings, but all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he had made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. May God bless his word. We can have a seat. I'd like to share with you this evening, still have in my heart to talk about obedience and maybe revisit that as God leads. I'd like to talk this evening on the thoughts from God who is rich in mercy, and from Ephesians 1, verse, remember the verse exactly, 6, it says, accepted in the beloved. So I'd like to speak about being accepted in the beloved. Amen. Amen. As message believer, we know that there is a huge difference between the church and the bride. The nominal church, there's a nominal church is... Uh, is, is the church that will go through tribulation, but there is also a difference between the bride and the church, nominal church. The nominal church does things in order to, in order to be accepted. They do the things and they do certain things in order to be accepted. They yeah. certain follow, follow certain things, hoping that because of what they are doing, God is going to accept them. And, because, and, and, and there is a part of truth to that, because they will go through that, and they will be judged according to their works, 
That's what, what they are doing in order to be accepted and what the things they do. And that's what they are going to be saved by and for that. But the, the bride is not like that. The bride is already accepted. The bride has already been accepted before the foundation of the, of the world. That what the one the prophet calls Mrs. Miss Grace. This is the elect lady. She's the one that's been already predestinated before the foundation of the world. She's not doing anything in order to be accepted. She's already accepted, but she's accepted in the beloved. Amen? Before I go into details, I just want to, maybe to give a type, and I would like to go a little bit on that type of the Mephibosheth to give as a parallel for the type that I would like to do on that, and the type, and we thank God for that type. For that story, as we look into that, Mephibosheth was a, grand, a grandson of, of Saul, it was one of his, of one of a grandson from through through Jonathan. The Hebrew name says for Mephibosheth says, is the one that is from from the from the mouth of shame, from the mouth of shame, and we can all assimilate to that as we look into natural. We see we all come from the mouth of shame. Amen. I just want to put it as a type on the mouth of the shape through the fall of Eve by eating the forbidden fruit, and we know that's not the fruit. We all come as a born through the flesh. We also come also from the shame. There is nothing we have of our own that can save us. We have nothing to save ourselves. We just come out from the mouth of shame, and we are just there walking, and we need someone else in order to save us. How did he become lame? We know that Mephibosheth became lame because as, a, as a people were running, as, a, as David became king, as they were the sons of uh, the sons of, of, of Saul were running for their life, and there was one nurse who was taking care of him as he was a baby, and she was running, and then he fell. As he fell, he became lame on both legs. So it was a difficult situation for him as he was growing up, but it was not as that situation that he was growing up as he tried to run away, that's why he fall. And we know that by all of us we, we fell. Amen. Through Eve we all fell. Representation through representation. We all fell through one man. We all fell through that woman. And we, there's nothing that can save us. But as we see in the story here in, in, in Second Samuel, are you with me this evening? Yeah. I'm trying to find, to go into which channel and says, and it says, the Bible says in Second Samuel, it says, And David said, Is there any that is left of the house of Saul? that I might show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. We see here David as he's reminding himself, here he has not yet disclosed, he has not yet disclosed to anybody, or maybe he has not disclosed to anybody what he has in his heart, but he had in his heart for a thought, and then he came to him to remind what he had as a covenant with Jonathan, and he reminded himself, and he said, is there anything that is left from the house of Saul that they can do in order in order to, to fulfill what I had, and there's a covenant with, with, with Jonathan. Is there anything that they can do? As we can see in that story, as we can represent ourselves in the situation of Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth didn't come and remind David about that covenant. 
He's not the one who came and said, David, you have to remind us covenant. He's not the one who came to David and said, David, you know what you had as a covenant with uh, Jonathan. So here I am, you have to fulfill that, that, that covenant. It was David himself who had that desire. David himself who took that decision and he said, is there anything that I can do for the house of Saul? As you see in our salvation, we didn't look for God. You didn't search God. You didn't look for God. God came and looked for you. Amen. Sometimes we can see him. So I've been looking for one church or the other church. I went from here to the other place. But it was not actually you looking for, for God. It was God looking for you. God has always been looking for his own elect. As we see in the Garden of Eden, when Adam fell, it was not Adam who came to God. Adam was running away from God. The nature of a human being is always running away from God. And God is the one who came down and looking for Adam. Adam, Adam, where are you? Amen. Wherever you were in the situation, it was not you who were looking for God, but God came to your place and he reached down to your place and put you back. Amen. So we thank God for his grace. He's always the one looking for the human being who has fallen. The nature of a human being is always to cover himself. He's always to cover his, his own religion. He's always to find his own way. But God is saying, it's not your way. It has to be my provided way. It was God in the Garden of Eden who chose himself, who was the first person to kill actually a lamb. The first person to kill a lamb was God himself in the representation of what he already had in mind for what he will do 2,000 years, 4,000 years after. What was it? Is it still God's plan of redemption? Is it still God looking for man? It's not man looking for God. Amen. Even though if you are saved today and you have been, oh, you've seen different circumstances, it was God coming to your place. It was David looking at your situation. It was David, it was David, as we pray, David representing God here. It was David wondering, is there anything that I can do for my son? Is there anything I can do for my daughter? Amen. Mephibosheth was not even looking for it. He didn't even know. He never even ever imagined that he could be invited to the, to the palace. He can never even imagine that he could be invited to eat at the king's table. Notice that David is not asking only for Jonathan here at the beginning. He's not asking, but he's asking for any child, any children who would ever be born. He's not asking for any, just for the children of, of Jonathan, but he's asking for any child of Saul here. Now put just a comment here. He's not, God is not just saying, no, you have, you have, you have, I have to save only those who, are, who have been born in the message. But God's grace is, 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 is tremendous. It can go over and beyond. And I'm saying that myself. I grew up in the message of respect and thank God for that. And I appreciate God for, you know, my God's grace. And I've been raised in the message and everything. But, but, but uh, it's, it's not that that saves you. Amen. God's grace is beyond that. Amen. You can be born in a message house, but you need to have a personal revelation of God yourself. You need to have an encounter with God himself. It cannot be a religion of your father. It's not going to be a religion of your grandparent. It has to be your personal experience with God. God has no grandchildren. Amen. It has only children. Amen. Notice that David is not asking only for Jonathan's children. He's asking for children born in the mess, not children born. He wanted to include everyone. He is asking for any child of Saul. Maybe some of his servants could ask him, David, are you really sure that you want to, you want to do something for, for Saul's children? 
Don't you remember what Saul, to put that the drama, don't you remember Saul was the one who was looking to kill you? Don't you think that Saul was the one who sent many times people to, to kill you? He sent assassins in the night in order to kill you. If it was not Michael who helped you to escape, you would be actually killed. Don't you think that Saul is the one who took your wife and gave her to someone else? Why do you want to do something for Saul? Saul, Saul is the one who sought to kill you in the cave many times, two times, and... Why do you want to do something for him? But David knew how much he loved Jonathan. Aren't you glad that God looked beyond your fault and he saw your needs? He looked beyond the circumstances and he saw your needs. Aren't you glad that like Peter, so many times we have betrayed him? But he's not repeating to us our mistakes. He's looked beyond our mistakes and he saw our needs. Amen. Aren't you glad that God, as in his grace, is, is looking beyond that? And, and David could re- respond and says, it, no matter what Saul did to me, no matter what the Benjamite has done to me, because it was the tribe from the tribe of Benjamin, but I have, I had the personal, I had the love for Jonathan. I had the covenant for Jonathan. I had an experience with Jonathan. And I know that because of Jonathan, that's why I want to do this. Amen. As we look in the Bible, it says, And there was, uh, there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, How thou, Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not any, is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. If you look at it, I don't think that Ziba was necessarily trying to look or sympathy out of, of David to try to show to David that, you know, he's lame and because that, therefore you, 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 you mind, you know, don't punish him or you don't, don't do anything to him. But I think that he was probably trying to emphasize because you look, look later on the story, Ziba is, is one of, was a little bit screwed because he, he, he tried to betray even the relationship that, 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 that Mephibosheth had with, 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 with David. He tried to portray like he was the good person instead of Mephibosheth. I believe that he was the one maybe trying to, to, to portray the weakness of, of, of who, how he is. What can you really do to him? You know, in which situation he is. Why, why you want to do anything for him, king? Look in that situation that he is. Look how he can, he is so insignificant to you. Why, why you want to emphasize on that? You look in the book of, Le, of Leviticus, in the law, it was even a shame. I would say here, I'm not trying to, to put any blame on the lame person or anything. Forgive me if it sounds like that. Sorry for that. But I just want to put it on emphasize that the natural is a, is a type. I put it on the type of the spiritual here. And you look in the, in the book of Leviticus, it says, Speak unto Aaron, saying, Whosoever he be of thy seed in thy generation that have any blemish, let him not approach to offer the bread of his God. For whosoever man he be that have a blemish, he shall not approach a blind man or lame or he that have a flat nose or anything superficial. Uh, maybe I don't have, I would not qualify, you know, for the flat nose, but, 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 but you know, in, in this situation, but, you know, you, 
he couldn't come even though he was a Levite. He couldn't come in the presence of God because he was lame. So maybe here Ziba is trying to emphasize to him, but king, he look, he's lame. He's lame on both legs. Why do you want to look at him? Why do you want to take care of him? I believe that there was the same thing that Satan tried to do sometimes to us. He's the accuser. He's always presenting the wrong things to do. To, he's the accuser of the bride. Why do you see what they've done? You see how they've done. We see what they've done. You see that they cannot make it. Why do you call them the bride? Why do you call them message believers? But God is not looking at our mistakes. He's not looking at our situation in the natural like this. But he looks at the relationship that he has with us. He knows that where we come from, we come from him. And that's why we are going back to him. Amen. God is not looking in the natural way that the other thing is looking on the seed inside of her. It's the seed that makes the difference. Our perfection is not on ourselves. Our perfection is on the election. God does not like love us more, or he doesn't love us more. He already loved us. We are already accepted in the beloved. Amen. Amen. Satan does not recognize that one sin is confessed. God does not look at you anymore. He doesn't even remember the sin anymore. It's forgotten from God's mind. Once it has been put in the bleach, it cannot be found anymore. It has been put in the sea of forgetfulness to remember it no more. Oh, praise be to God for his grace. Amen. So Satan, you are just wasting your time accusing. He does not look at the mistakes. He looks at the blood. He looks at the covenant. Look at the verse 3. It says, And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Mashi, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. Then king David said, And sent and fetched him out of the house of Mashi, the son of Emiel from Lodabar. Is the king who said, where is he? Go fetch him out of the house of Mashi. Oh my. I was touched by the testimony that brother Tim gave last Sunday, the other Sunday. He says, you know, from that track that was done on the side of the road, that, that, that young boy who took it, he was reconciled to the message again. You know, God knows how to fetch you. God knows how to fetch his own children. God knows how to touch the heart of his own children. So maybe it's an encouragement for people, for all of us here. You might have a loved one who's, who's, who's backslidden and, and you lose maybe hope and you think like, oh, I see the situation going worse and worse. But let me remind you, God is still the one who has the power to fetch him back. It's David who told, where is he? Go and fetch him back. Himself, himself, Mephibosheth was not thinking about it. He was not thinking about it. He was not looking for it. He was not trying to find any way to be pleasing to the king. But it was the king who had a desire going backwards, going towards him. Grace is not what you do. Grace is what he has already done for you. Mephibosheth did not have to do anything to deserve that grace. He did not have to do anything to be loved more. He was already loved in Jonathan. For the elect God cannot love you more than what he has already expressed his loving. That's why the prophet says, and it's my favorite quote, was like it, his approval of any of us is only in the beloved. His love is elective which he had for us before the foundation of the world. 
Does he love us? Oh, yes. Amen. But how shall we know? We shall know because he said so. And manifested that he did love us, for he brought us to himself. Amen. He brought us to himself. He's the one who said, I have to fetch my son. I have to fetch my daughter. He's the one who brought us to himself and gave us of his spirit, blessing us as sons. Oh, how shall I prove my love to him? By believing what he said and by conducting myself with joy amidst the trial that he in his wisdom allows to come to pass. Amen. Do love him for his love. His love that is elective. Mephibosheth certainly did not know that there was a discussion about him. As you look at his life, he could see himself as a victim of circumstances. Oh, why? Why did it happen to me? Why? And he's growing up maybe in his life and he's looking at others that are different from me. They can walk. You know, if, if you grow up with a complex, you know how it's hard. You know, the, the age of teenagers especially, they laugh at you. They make fun of you. You are different. So he had that, that, that complex in his life. He's looking at those circumstances. Why am I not like them? Why it happened this to me? Why it happened this to me? Why it happened this to me? And maybe in your life there's been the same thing. You try to compare different things. But let me tell you, God had a discussion about you. You had a discussion about you. He knew where you were. He knew what he was what he was doing with your life. Everything that happened to your life was for a purpose. It's not even maybe in the flesh. You didn't have maybe the privileges in the flesh, the privileges in this physical life that you are here in, but he has a place for you in his heart. You have a place in God's economy, man. The greatest love, expression of God, love to you is because he elected you, man. I didn't know that there was a discussion about me. I didn't know that there was a discussion about you. But God, when he sent Malachi 4, he was thinking of you. Because he said, I will send you, Elijah the prophet. Not to the world, but I will send you, Elijah the prophet. And he put inside of you something that can respond to the call. And you can say, here I am, Abba Father. Mephibosheth certainly didn't know that there was a discussion, as I said, in him. Why did he, and he's looking at it and looking at the different this situation. The little eagle didn't know that the mother eagle was thinking about him. As he was in a courtyard, he's looking at different, different chicken. Why they're different than me? Why they're different? Why, why I'm different than them? Why those things that I'm eating does not satisfy me? Why, why I feel like eating them? <laughs> Well, why is it different? Is, 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 is it a criminal thought? Or, well, what's going on? But the mother had a thought for him. He's the one, the one who came and searched for that, that little eagle. He knew when he came, he knew that when I would shout, that eagle will respond. Oh, praise be to God that we heard the shout of the king and we respond to that call. Praise be to God. Oh, amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Salvation is of the Lord, not based on our works. It's amazing grace, how sweet a sound that saved a wretch like me. I, was, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Amen. Maybe in you, maybe you're in another situation here. Maybe there is another situation where you cannot feel like there's no way out. You cannot know where to go out. And you feel like you're bound in your doubt. And you feel like you're in a situation of depression, of a, of a sickness, or a financial need. But let me, let me encourage you this evening. Like Mephibosheth, God is having a discussion about you. 
God has not forgotten you, amen. God is still thinking about you. Israel, when he was in Egypt, they were probably thinking, God has forgotten his promise about me, about us, and we are, we are suffering. But when he came to Moses, he reminded Moses, I have not forgotten them, the God of their father. I am the God of their father. I heard their cry, and I come to deliver them. Myself, I come to deliver them. <laughs> When the son and the daughter of God is in trouble, God himself comes down to deliver them. Praise be to God. And I like this part that I read. Now, when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come into David, he fell on his face and did reverence, and David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for we surely show thee kindness for Jonathan's thy father's sake, we read it, and we restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and I shall eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that I shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Mephibosheth could never understand the love David had for him because he was loved for Jonathan's sake. In other words, he's asking, why are you taking care of someone like me? In my state, I can't repay you back. Even if I want to pay you back, I cannot. Whatever you'll do to me, it's one way. There's no way I can return back to you to come to the level of what you are doing to me. Why would you do such thing? As David is looking at him, no matter in which state he was, he was not looking at that state where he was in. I could think that he's picturing himself, Jonathan's love. I loved Jonathan. In the type, we can see there's two people, but the antitype is one person. The Bible says Jonathan and David loved like one soul. It was not love on the spirit and the flesh, but it was like one soul. Brother Banam would look and say, oh, I think, I used to think that God hated me and Jesus loved me. And I came to realize that it is the very heart of God himself. And the antitype is still one person. As God, whatever we do, sometimes we make so many mistakes. But when God looks at us and you confess your sin, he's looking at the love that he has for you. Because of Jesus Christ, I'll spare your life. For Jesus Christ's sake, I heal you. For Jesus Christ's sake, I can never leave you. For Jesus Christ's sake, I can never forsake you. For Jesus Christ's sake, you will never be, you'll never perish. For Jesus' sake, no matter what you do, you will be sitting at my table. That's the vision that David had when he's looking at Mephibosheth. And that's what God has for one of us, each one of us. Grace, we did not deserve to be chosen, but for Jesus' sake, we have been called. We do not deserve to be healed, but for Jesus' sake, we are healed. We do not deserve to be saved, but for Jesus' sake, we are saved. Prophet says in the word of separation, perfection comes by Jesus Christ, 
Now, I'm not perfect in your sight. You may not be perfect in my sight. But what, what about in God's sight? There is where it lays. And if you are born again into the body of Christ, then God looks upon you as a perfect as Christ was himself. Amen, the prophet says. Nothing you can do, it's not by any works you can do at all. It's by grace God has given you this offer. And if you've accepted it, and in the sight of God, you are perfect, redeemed, washed in the blood of the Lamb, without fault, without blemish, without spot. Isn't that marvelous? Amen. Can the church say, praise be to God. Grace is sovereign. Sovereign grace is from a sovereign one in the message of grace. Sovereign grace is from a sovereign one. It says, sovereign, what, sovereign, what can it do? Sovereign can be whatever it wants to. Listen to this now. Sovereign grace can only be given by one that is sovereign. And God is sovereign. So he can give sovereign grace. Therefore, being sovereign, grace don't have to ask anybody. David, as he asking Mephibosheth, you'll come. He's not asking to the servant. He's not asking to the people around him, what can I do? He himself is making that decision. I'm making that decision that he will come here and eat continually at my table. Sovereign grace is a gift. Don't ask anybody. I don't have to. It doesn't what It does what it wants to. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. You don't have to ask. It doesn't have to ask. Can I do this? Or shall I do this? Can I? Must I? Will I? Doesn't do it. It does it itself. Grace is sovereign. Therefore, it can save the, the vilest. It can save the worst. It can save the, the impurest. It can save the immoralest. It can heal the sickest. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. He can take, he can take the, richest, the most richest of all of them and turn into a saint. Amen. What can you do that? It's God's grace. Amen. Oh, praise be to God. And he says, he can save a wretch like me. He did. What is it? Grace. William Branham, a drunken son. They don't make any difference. The grace of God saved me. Oh, I'm a woman daughter that was no good. Don't make any difference. The grace of God saved you. It's sovereign. It has to ask nobody nothing. Amen. I'm so glad of that. Hallelujah. Can take the vilest sinners and make him white as snow. Don't have to ask anybody about it. Or it can do it because it's sovereign. Listen quickly. That was proved at the cross. It can heal the sickest. It says in the same message. Here's something else grace can do. Can, cannot do. Grace cannot be bought. Grace cannot be sold. It's grace. It's by sovereign one. Yes, sir. You cannot bargain for it. You can say, God, I'll do so and so if you do so and so. You can't do that. God won't do it. And I like this. He can't, you, can't pull, you can't pull nothing out of God. You don't pull anything out of God. Because I do this, because it's so. Therefore, you have to do this. No. God gives it to you by his grace. Oh, my. Not that he will have or he that run us, but God that shows mercy. Amen. Mephibosheth, I have decided that you come every day at my table to eat. Mephibosheth, you could never repay it back, but I have decided to do to you. Amen. And I believe that's why even when the capstone is coming down, it is shouting grace, 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 grace. Why? Because it's not rapturing works. It's rapturing grace. It's rapturing faith. Amen. May God continue to reveal that more and more to us. Amen. Every time that Brother Banham wanted to give up, God had to intervene. Amen. 
Every time that you feel like giving up, God is there merciful to you and God is intervening all the time. Every time that Abraham wanted to give up, he was not following fully the word of God. Grace, God God's grace came and intervened in his life. Abraham couldn't separate from his father. God took his father. Himself couldn't normally separate from the Lord, from Lot. But God put the desire in Lot to go away from him. It's God who put the separation. When Abraham, if the difficulty went out of the country, it was God who had to intervene and told that Pharaoh, you are, you are like a dead man. You have to give back that woman. It was not Abraham who was doing that. It was God's grace doing that. All the time we need grace, grace, grace. We don't want Moses. We don't want Elijah for the justice. At the adoption time, what we want is hear him. What is it? It's grace once again. Oh. No, that, but. The prophet gives one example of the message of grace. He says, there was one, one boy who killed the, the, king's, the king's son, and he killed him. And it was a murder, and he couldn't repay back for what he has done to the king's son. But when the king came to him and looked at him, and he looked at him and says, Why did you kill my son? And we are in the same situation. The king turned on his hand and walked out because he told him, I killed him because just of jealousy. There is no reason, really. I didn't kill him. I killed him just because of pride or whatever I have or jealousy. But when the king looked at him, the prophet says the king looked at him and he says, I know you cannot bring him back. You cannot pay back. But I'm going to destroy all your record. I'm going to destroy all your record. Not only destroy your record, I will put them in the sea of forgetfulness. I'm going to destroy all the record. I'm going to wash you up. I'm going to clean you up. And I'm going to consider you as my son. And from that time on, you are going to be like my son. You are actually like my son. You are going to be my son. And I'm going to have applied grace upon you. You didn't ask for it, but I'm being sovereign a king. I'm going to do that for you. Are you happy that it's God's grace who has taken us and put us at the highest position? We didn't deserve it, but God has told us, I'm considering you as my son because I have elected you. Amen. All your records are destroyed. We used to be, God used to record all the record, but one time when you gave your heart to the, when you gave your heart to it, when again you, God said, I'm going to destroy all the record. Now it's not the book of your life, but in the book of your life that I'm recording, now I'm looking to the Lamb's book of life. That's where your body is, amen. If you look at Abraham in the Old Testament, you can put many things negative, but once you look into the atonement of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't see anything from Abraham but perfect. Perfection. He never doubted the word of God. Amen. That's what God is looking at. Amen. The Bible says in Revelation 1.6, He had made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. From the, yes, from the Lord's state, he has made us kings and priests. Praise be to God. The Bible says again in 1 Peter 2.9, But you are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. And you should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, 
but now have obtained mercy. Did you know that in Levitical priesthood, Levi was accepted while he was still in Abraham? While he was still in Abraham, Levi paid the tithe. He paid the tithe. Say the Bible says, Levi, who received tithe, paid tithe in Abraham. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. So if you look at it now, who are you who can come and blame Levi for not paying tithe? You are not Levi, so you have to pay tithe. Just warning you that. The Purian is an example here. So, who are you come and force Levi and says, Levi, you have to pay tithes. Levi does not even remember that he paid tithes. I don't remember paying any tithes. But God says, you pay tithes. How did it happen? I decided that you paid tithes. <laughs> The power of election, I decided that you pay tithes when you are still in loins of Abraham, you pay tithes. So therefore, you are, you are my portion. I'm your, your portion. You don't have to pay any tithes. That's what it was in this. It was by election. He was already accepted while he was in the Abraham. Amen. The same here, it is a parallel for us. If you've got eternal life tonight, if we have eternal life, then we have always, we will always wear. Because there is only one form of eternal life, is we always wear in God. If you have eternal life, it means you already wear part of God. So now Levi is following some instructions regarding the priesthood. Not in order to be accepted as a priest, Levi is following those instructions because he has already been accepted as part of the priesthood. So the same thing here, the message is not coming to put, put instructions, you, you, know, you have to follow this, you have to follow this, you have to follow this in order to be accepted. The message is coming to tell you, you know you are special. You are a princess, you are a prince, you are a king. Because I've already accepted you, therefore this is what you have to do as instructions. Amen? You're not doing those instructions in order to be accepted. You're doing those instructions because you're already accepted. My spouse is not, my wife is not ministering to me in order to be accepted. She's doing things that she's doing to me as a wife because she has already been accepted. That's why the white throne of judgment, God is not going to be judging the bride. The bride is already judged. It has already judged in Jesus Christ. It has already been accepted in Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. The prophet says, as long as you have accepted in the, the law having a shadow, then as long as you accept in the beloved, how can God bring you into judgment? When he's already judged Christ in your stead, how could you have to suffer for your, sin, for your sins? When Christ has already done it, God will be a two-timer and an awful person. That's right. When it was thoroughly paid by Jesus Christ and you accepted it, and as long as God accepted Christ, he accepted you with Christ. And when did he do it? Before the foundation of the world, when he spoke him into existence, he spoke you redeemed with him. He spoke you redeemed with him. Only a prophet of God can go in the back part of the mind and declare that to you. You have already been spoke, you are the spoken redeemed in God. Even if you are watching today, how can you, you are already being spoken redeemed in Christ. 
He says, your name were written in the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. When and then you were scared. Phew. If we could just keep holding on. I quit that a long time ago. I never did even try in the first place. I just turned loose and let him do the holding. Someone said, when I was sick that time, he said, Barabanam, did you keep that religion during your sixth spell? I said, no, sir. It kept me. It's grace that keeps you moving all the time. Grace and grace, grace keeps keep you moving all the time. On the other side, Brother Barnum said, is Paul going to be judged? He says, yes, he was going to be judged. He says, yes, but I've preached exactly like Paul. And the millions replied, yes, and we know it, and we are resting upon that. Amen. That's what we are resting. We are resting upon that he preached exactly the word of God. He says, if, if Paul is accepted, I'm going to be accepted. If Brother Barnum is accepted, I'm going to be accepted. And I know that he's going to be accepted, therefore I keep moving on. Amazing grace. There is another example of the sheep on the day of the Jubilee. As the sheep, if the first sheep has been approved and have been accepted, they know that the rest also will going to be accepted. As the priest is going into the inner chamber there, the people are being anxious because they are looking, is he going to be saved? Is he going to be approved? Is he going to be accepted? Let's watch, let's watch. They pull the leg and, oh, he's still alive. If he's still alive, that means I have a little bit of hope, amen. Because I know if he's accepted, I'm also accepted. If the beloved is accepted, I'm also accepted. Even though when I'm here, I don't see what is happening there, but I know that if he's accepted, I'm also going to be accepted. And as he's talking of God in the presence of God, as if they see him coming out, as he's coming out and proclaim with the sheep, the wife sheep in his hand, and he says to you, you are forgiven. If you see me, it means you have been accepted. The bride, when we see the cloud, we see our high priest in the cloud. It has become a subject of many things and controversy. But when we see our Lord Jesus Christ in the cloud, we know that the high priest has come back. And he's telling us, you have been accepted. Glory to God. The bride is not working her way in order to be accepted. She is already accepted. We are walking in this path because we know we are accepted. He says, let him take it and wave it as she before the Lord. For your exception, the prophet says, that you are accepted. Amen. Also, you see, now Levi, when he paid the tithe in Abram, the prophet says here, and it's a beautiful quote, the God of the evil age, he says, as your natural life and trade is handed down from the natural breathing of your father, so is the Spirit of God that was predestinated before the foundation of the world. And when the entire Word of God incomplete was headed up in a human body called Jesus Christ, listen to this, in there God made me pay for my sins. In him there. So like Levi, you don't remember it, and you don't, but because you were in Jesus Christ, when he paid for your sins, he made you pay for your sins. 
Oh, can I pay my sins again? No, you already, already paid. How? I paid it in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is accepted, that's why I'm accepted. Oh, then it says, then he rose up, raised me up with him in the resurrection. Now we are sitting with him with power and authority over every devil. Oh, if you could only believe what God has given you. Amen. Amen. Oh, praise be to God. When he died on the cross, Brother Ed said this morning, I was with him. I can identify myself with him. He died. I died with him. I rose up with him. And I'm sitting in heavenly places with him. Praise be to God. So when David is looking at Mephibosheth, I will restore thee all the land of Saul, thy father, all that he has lost. It is an unconditional covenant. I will do it. I will restore. It's not that you, Mephibosheth, has to do anything in order to get what your father lost. But I, the king, I have decided to restore to you all things. Oh, I feel so good now. God has decided to restore all things to us. With the opening of the word of God, the opening of the seals, he comes to restore all spiritual blessings to us. The brother Andrew said on Friday to young people, we had the atonement, now we have the benefit of the atonement. Now we come to restore to us all the spiritual blessings. Redemption means all legal possession to all that was lost by Adam and Eve. You know, we lost it in Saul. Saul did in things. We lost it in Adam. We lost it in Eve. But now, he's come to restore everything. We ought, Brother Adam says, what ought to do to a born-again Christian? It's legal possession to the abstract deed. Title deed of eternal life means that you possess everything that Adam and Eve lost. Can you imagine Mephibosheth being, he, he can't walk, but he's on a horse, but he's going for every possession. He comes here, you know I'm here. Don't look at the way I look, but this belongs to me. How can you say this belongs to me? I have the king backing me up that this belongs to me, so Satan, give it back to me. How can you talk to me? I have the enforcer behind me, and he's here to enforce his word. But you fell yesterday. I saw you falling yesterday. Yes, but I repented. But now I'm coming back. You have to give back to me. The king has said that he's going to restore everything to me. Prophet says, the possession of that deed, Adam could not meet the requirement of redemption. After he found it, he lost it. He had seen, he had separated himself. From God who was in the side of the cast. So he could not redeem it. He just couldn't do it because he needed redemption himself. So he could not do it. Saul the same thing. He, he could not redeem himself. But it says, the message has been growing on for years. That's right. It's time now that we could we should receive and believe. The end time evangelism is to restore. I will send you Elijah the prophet so that he can restore your heart. To the fathers. What the fathers have lost, now you can be restored back to it. You can be restored to what Saul has lost. The joy, the love, the fellowship, all the things that you have, the faith in God, the joy, the
the shouting, all the things that have been dead through the dead ages, but now it's back to you, amen. All the speaking in tongues and the interpretation, the visions. We didn't know what a prophet is, but God came and gave us a prophet to remind us that God still loves us, amen. He says, yeah. Your father used to have love. They, they took it. I will restore it. Your father at Pentecost used to have fellowship. I will restore that in the church. As the prophet says, they took it out, the healing out of here. They took shouting out of here. They took speaking tongues out of here. They took prophecy out of here. But I will restore. Amen. Amen. God is restoring sincerity. God is restoring justification, restoring sanctification, restoring the baptism of the Holy Ghost, restoring the full adoption. Amen. Read the, okay, read the Joel. It says, I will restore to you the ears that the locusts that eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the palm, the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you, and you shall eat in plenty. Mephibosheth, you shall eat in plenty. And be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that they dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. Mephibosheth, you shall never be ashamed anymore. That's the bride. If Adam was alive today and see the message that we have received, he would be jumping of joy. The thing that I lost in the Garden of Eden, it has been restored to man again. A man can stop the sun. Oh, praise be to God. A man can give life to an animal. What's that? It's the God restoring the life back into the church. Mephibosheth, you shall never be ashamed again. Amen. To restore is to bring back, to bring it back to it who, who really owns it, and to bring it back to a natural state where it was at the first time, bring it back into natural condition. In order to do this, we have a right to enforce. There is a law to enforce its rightful condition of restoration to enforce. Amen. Grace puts you in the highest level. You are a prince. Ephesians 2, where in time past we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the last of our flesh, fulfilling the desire of the flesh and of the mind, where by nature the children of wrath, even as others, but God was rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. God was rich in mercy. Mercy has rewritten my life. From that time, a fever chef life has been completely changed. I've been in a hiding place, but since that day, something changed. Mercy rewrote my life completely. Now I'm eating at the table of the king. Amen. I'm sitting at the table of the king. You know, sitting at the table of the king in those times means a privileged time. Remember, Haman was only given twice the opportunity to come and sit with the king and eat. And he felt like, oh, I'm at the hand of the world. But, but now God is giving you every day, come and sit at my table. Come and eat at my table. Special food. Spiritual food induced season. 
eagle's food. The world doesn't know anything. The world and the religious world, they don't know nothing about it. But it's special food for you, the bride. Each morning, just come, put a tape, and listen to it. That's what I want you to do. It's a spiritual food for you. Come every day, daily, and dine with me. The master is calling. Come and dine. The master is calling. There is plenty of food for you to eat, Mephibosheth. Praise be to God. Not only has he spared my life, but he has blessed me with all, not only some, but all spiritual blessings. Not in lower places, but in heavenly places in Christ. Oh my, he made us accept in the beloved Christ the word. We have rejected, we were rejected in one woman. Condemnation by representation. Now it's salvation by representation. We are rejected in soul, but now we have been accepted in one man, the second Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ. That shall eat at my table continually. Oh, praise be to God. What is on that table? Why are you emphasize? Because there is bread on that table. Because healing is the children's bread. Come and eat that bread. He healed you yesterday. Don't just say it's not an experience only from yesterday. Today he can heal you too again. Yeah. And tomorrow he will heal you again. Actually, he's already healed you 2,000 years ago. Just come and take out of that fresh manna. Eat on it continually. The prophet says, when you are in the body of Christ, God has a whole table set full. He has love. He has joy. If, he went to your ta- if I went to your table and sat down there and you say, preacher, come eat with me. I believe you love me and you, you have beans and potatoes and carrots and fried chicken and pumpkins and, and pie and ice cream and everything sitting there. You just, I'll just be welcome to eat anything that is on the table. I'll take the pie, I'll take this, I'll take it. As convenient as I am. Now that God is inviting you in the word of God, and you have a, seven, a full seven-course menu, don't just take some few potatoes here. Take the whole word of God. Enjoy the word of God. You are free. You are free. Eat as you want. Don't look at the past. But, 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 but. No, you are now as a king. Amen. As a prince at the table of God. Are you with me this evening? The food you are eating is to give rapturing faith. The word that fell on the day of Pentecost will not work this day. No, sir. That was for Pentecost. This is the bride going home of the bride. We have food for the rapturing faith. It's not a motivational speech. It's not a, just a sermon from any preacher when Brother Wanam is speaking. No, it's, it's a food that God has given for the royal priesthood. It says, this is for you, the eagle, for the rapturing favor. Amen. The seven, the full seven course menu. The normal church don't know anything about it. You might think it was just the one instance. I'll, I'll be closing. Give me a few minutes here. You might think that it was just one instance but God, but David longed to have Mephibosheth consistently with him. When David fell and he was chased and cast away, and, and then and Absalom was following him and he ran away, and then he ran away, and, and you can look that in 2 Samuel 16. And, uh, and then you see Ziba came and said, Oh, you see. The servant Mephibosheth came, and uh, I'm just going to save time here. And he came and said to the king, Behold, you see, the king said, Where is their master's son? And Ziba said, 
unto the king, Behold, he abideth at Jerusalem, for he said, The day shall the house of Israel restore me the kingdom of my father. Then said the king to Ziba, Behold, thine are all that pertained unto Mephibosheth. And Ziba said, I humbly beseech ye that I may find grace in the sight of my lord, O king. So he left Mephibosheth behind, and he came and pretending like Mephibosheth didn't want to come. And you see in 2 Samuel 19, 24, Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, came down to me, the king, had neither dressed his feet, nor trimmed his beard, nor washed his clothes. From the day the king departed unto the day he came again in peace. And it came to pass when he was come to Jerusalem to meet the king, that the king said unto him, Wherefore went thus now with me, Mephibosheth? Where were you? And he answered, My lord, O king, my servant deceived me. For thy servant said, I will saddle me and horse, and that I may ride thereon and go to the king, because thy servant is lame. He had slandered thy servant unto my lord the king, and my lord the king is an angel of God. Do therefore what is good in thine eyes. So he could just say, you know, and you look at the situation at him. I'm still lame. We still have this unredeemed body. You know, as, a, as Paul will say, who could save me from this rest, uh, from this rest condition? I want to do good. Sometimes you still fail. But when you come to God, just with God, you know the desire in my heart. But I'm still in this unredeemed flesh. Keeps falling all the time. But you know the desire of my heart. But look at the answer of the king now to him. It says, for all of my fathers, 28 still, Mephibosheth talking. For all of my father's house were bad dead men before my lord the king. Yes, did thou set thy servant among them that did eat at thine own table. What right therefore have I yet to cry any more unto the king? And the king said unto him, why speakest thou any more of thy matters? Now say, don't worry about that. I've said, thou and Ziba divide the land. And Mephibosheth said unto the king, yes, let him take all of as much as my lord the king is come again in peace unto his own house. Mephibosheth is just saying, if you, you know, he tried to trick you. If you want to take the natural things, let him take the natural things. But as long as you come back in peace... That's what I want. I just want to be sitting with the king all the time, eating at the table all the time. That's what I desire. The king says, no, don't talk like that. The thing you still have in your mind that you think you still don't deserve it. Yes, you still don't deserve it, but I'm doing it out of my love for Jonathan. There's a higher covenant above what you are doing. Yeah, you can make a mistake, even if you make mistakes, but my grace is sufficient for you. If you fall, stand up and move on. In this new year, you make mistakes. You might make mistakes, but let me tell you, stay in God's grace. Sit with him at the table continually. Amen. Prophet says, I'm more thankful for that than anything I know. You are the pure, virtuous, sinless bride of the Son of the living God. Every man and woman that born of the Spirit of God and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and believes every word of God stands as though you never sinned at the first place. You are perfect. Amen. It reminds me of the worshiper when he comes. I'm going to put my mask because I want to put an example. Just follow. Brother, stand. Just stand. Come with me. Come with me, brothers. Oh, brother, come. 
You come with your, your worshiping. Come, my brother. You come, you are worshiping. You come, you are worshiping. You are bringing. You are bringing him, actually, as the sacrifice, right? <laughs> you are lame and everything. Everybody looks at you. Oh, what's going on with him? But you are just bringing him as the sacrifice. Now what the priest is doing is not coming to you and saying, oh, look at this, look at this. You don't, you don't deserve this. He looks at you and leaves you alone. He comes to this one. Now he's checking this one. But you, the devil could be still be pointing at that one. Say, I don't care about that one. I care about this lamb. As long as this lamb is perfect, you are accepted. And you, my brother, tell you, you have been accepted. Therefore, you too have been accepted. You can go back. That's what has been done with our Lord Jesus Christ. Accepted in the beloved as you come with the Lord Jesus Christ and the sacrifice to say, God, I'm not coming based on my own merit. I'm presenting the perfect sacrifice. Pilate couldn't find any default in him. Even, even Judas, who, who sacrificed to him, himself recognized, I have delivered an innocent person. He's a person who has been, he's a lamb who has been declared already, already accepted and innocent. If he has already been accepted, it means you and I, by God's grace, we have already been accepted in the beloved one. Praise be to God. Finish with thought. Later on, David ordained, as we look again in, the, in 2 Samuel 21st, finish this. Because of what happened in the, in the life of, of Saul, there was a famine in the days of David, 21st one. Year after year, and David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered, he says, it is for Saul. For his bloody house, because he slew the Gibbonite. Because of Adam, because of Eve, because of what they do, that's what you have, that's what you have, that's what is happening to you, that's what is, the consequences continue. But then he inquired of the Lord, and then he found out when the Gibbonites came, they said, we have to sacrifice. We have to sacrifice the sons of Saul. Now David looked and says, he checked on all the sons, says, yes, you can sacrifice the sons of Saul, but don't touch Mephibosheth. You cannot touch Mephibosheth because Mephibosheth is a special. He said, let seven men of the descendants be delivered unto us, and we hang them before the Lord in Gideon, Saul, whom the Lord. And the king said, I will give them to you. Verse 7, but the king spared Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because of the Lord's oath that was between them, between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. In other words, this one is beyond curse. If you want to touch that one, no matter how Saul broke, how he sold the how Saul broke the covenant with you, and all his sons deserve to be cursed, but this one is special. This one is part of another covenant. It is, he is in my covenant. Before you touch him, you have to touch me. It's not only an oath of David, it's the Lord's oath between David and Jonathan. In other words, the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, as long as I live, you will live too. As long as I live, so shall you live too. 
Grace is there to keep you, to keep the saved one. He can never perish as God can never perish. In John 10, he says, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Because of God's grace, you can, no one can pluck you out of God's hand. No one can take you out of God's grace. Who can separate you from the love of God? What can separate you from the love of God? If God be for you, who can be against us? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Musicians can come. Now, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Love and grace, they are sisters. For we are persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor COVID, nor height, nor health, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Do you love him this evening? God's grace is sufficient. Brother Dan, you left me. Justify, you never did it. Justify. 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 You didn't do it in the first place. Justify. Bye.